0: Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Today my guest is a returning champion. He's done the podcast before. It's filmmaker and actor Doug Spearman. Uh, I had him as a guest pretty early on when I started doing Dennis Anyone. He was just launching a campaign to make a movie called Welcome Sinners at the time. Well, he's finished the movie and it's now called From Zero to I Love You. It recently played at Outfest and so... I got to talk to him about his long, uh, complicated odyssey with the movie. Uh, I'm so happy for him that he got it done, because it was a lot, uh, as you will hear in this podcast. So it was so fun to welcome Doug back, and he brought his editor friend, who he introduces as well on the podcast. You'll hear that. So before we get to the interview, I just want to encourage you to check out DennisAnyone.net. Uh, You can see the different podcasts are all kept there, as well as other fun things. Um, I've started moving all my short films onto that website, so you can check stuff out, uh, check out those films. You can also see, like, uh, stuff about my books. Just, I'm trying to consolidate into one website. There's also a virtual tip jar there if you like what you hear and you want to... Uh, kick in a few bucks; it helps me cover the expenses. I always appreciate that. So, without any further ado, here is Doug Spearman, and the movie is From Zero to I Love You. Hey there! I'm coming to you from my own living room, and my guest today, returning champion Doug Spearman, filmmaker, oh, yeah. actor. It was. I was just looking at my podcast list, and it was. Almost exactly five years ago that we did that other podcast in your place. Really? We were sitting on the floor in my living room. And we went deep. We had to divide it into two parts. (laughs) We went there. So uh, now you're, today you're here in my house. You brought a friend, your friend Christo, who's an editor on your project that we're going to talk about. Yeah, Christo Saras, who's in from Boston. We just came from the airport. You can say hi. Hi, guys. All right. That's cool. And also on the couch is Enzo, the dog mascot of this podcast, who, whenever I get out my microphone to record like an intro or whatever, he has to be in the mix somehow. So he likes he's he likes he's got showbiz in his blood, I guess. There you go. So Doug, yes, we are sir. here to talk about your movie from Zero to I Love You, which screens this weekend at Outfest. Although this isn't going to go up until after the fact, but it hopefully you'll have a long run and and pop up all over and people can find the movie. Yeah, well, um, there
1: there's seven more festivals that I can't tell you. Wow, about seven after
0: this one. How far in to the run? How many festivals have you done so far? We've done outfests
1: are six, and I guess I can tell you that like it's coming to Atlanta. Oh, that'll be fun! And um, and uh, a couple other places overseas, and uh, another one very close to LA. There you go. But did you of- go to London? Yeah, I did. <sighs> how fun was that? That was great. Except for, you know it's thirty six hours. Yeah, but all I did was like walk around London and then in awe of the fact that I was at the British Film
0: Institute. That really is, beautiful I mean, building. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I've been there but I haven't seen anything there but i popped in and it's gorgeous. And that's where their Gay Film Festival is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, tell people a little synopsis of your, of your movie. How would you describe the, the storyline?
1: Well From Zero to I Love You is a romantic comedy. Yeah. I just thought it was a dark comedy but it's a romantic comedy. Right. And it's about a guy named Pete who is loosely based on me. Who has a history of serially dating unavailable men, men right. who tend to be in relationships?
0: It has this little pattern going. It's it played this, by Daryl Stevens. Daryl Stevens, who I worked with in Noah's Yes, you were also in Hot
1: Guys with Guns. Nice. And uh, Daryl's character Pete meets a guy named Jack, who's married, has a wife and two kids, and a commuter life. Yeah. In uh, in and out of Philadelphia. And what's supposed to be a one-night stand turns into this very epic love affair for them with a lot of cost
0: and collateral damage and, you know, an ending. <laughs> and there you go. Now, what I thought was interesting is, you know, as writers we're always told, you've got to make the characters likable. And you picked two people who were doing something right out of the gate that some people would have a problem with. Yeah, well... And I, I thought that was really interesting. In other words, you're... You know, there's the why. You don't shy away from the wife or any of that stuff, that drama. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the, the your approach to that. And, and well, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, well, I you, do. Normally, I mean, in in yeah, like a romantic comedy, Meg Ryan, you know, is, isn't she is isn't cheating on a spouse? Or right. Exactly.
1: Know? Well. Here's the thing. That's why I didn't think of it normally. I didn't know it was a romantic comedy until I went to London and read the right. reviews. <laughs> like, don't you know it's a romantic comedy? And you know I'm what? Like, and the Brit, they, they know. The Brits know. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, it's a romantic comedy.
0: Right. Because um, I, I wouldn't have said that. There are some great lines <clears throat> like a romantic comedy would have. And yeah. I've written Oh, you did? You, you have down. notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, notes.
1: The, the thing for me was I, did, I wrote this as an, at first I wrote it as a novel. Oh, and I wrote it to find out why I was dating married men. Yeah,
0: what was that about?
1: Yeah, what was it about? So I Did you to, figure it out? Did you no, solve
0: the mystery? No. <laughs> but
1: I learned a lot about myself.
0: Right, that's good. Um,
1: it's funny. You, I learned a lot about myself listening to the other characters talk to Pete about
0: Pete. Yeah, Pete's based on me. You could. You were sort of absorbing like, things.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they, like, they make a lot of that, sense. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I remember a very shocking one moment when. I'm writing a scene between Pete and his dad and his soon-to-be stepmother. And he says, I'm not afraid of anything. And they said, you're afraid of commitment. Yeah. I mean, and it came out really loud in my head. I was like, are you trying to tell me something?
0: Right. Did you have to step away from the computer <clears throat> yeah, for a second? Yeah, I did.
1: I did. Catch your breath. I was like, wow, that hurt. Um, okay. But I also don't believe in the...
0: Idea of a character has to be likable. I don't either. They no have to rules. be. You have to understand them. I think that helps. You have helps. to, you them. Have like to them. kind of get where they're coming from, but they don't have to be. You know, everyone doesn't have to say hi to the cat and
1: do yeah. that
0: thing that makes oh we like them now
1: <clears throat> because that makes because if they're not then they're anti-hero. I knew that they were the you know the idea especially with Jack about,
0: more so with Jack than Daryl.
1: Yeah, uh, more so Scott's character. Yeah. playing Jack. And there was—I mean, there's a reason why you know—I'm not, not to give it away—but there's this you know the scene where he and his wife finally have the talk.
0: Yeah, and she I, call does that, something. I call that. I call that Carlos Rampage. <clears throat> when Carlos <laughs> Rampage. But Carlos Rampage
1: had to. exist. If you do
0: DVD chapters, feel yeah. free to steal. Carla's that.
1: Rampage, I like that. <laughs> but you know, like he had to get some comeuppance for that. Yeah. Or else the audience, especially the women in the audience, yes, would not have felt like. Um he got he paid for what he did. Yeah. And Jeffrey Tambor, who was my acting teacher at the time when I was first when I when I wrote the very first draft of the script in ninety eight. Right. I gave it to Jeffrey. Jeffrey was the first person to read it. Took me for a walk around the block and he said, Jack's gotta bleed more. Interesting. And uh, I said, Yeah, you're right. It has to cost you have to understand the cost of right. of, of doing this.
0: Right. There are there are ramifications. They, there
1: are ramifications and I tried to show the real world ramifications yeah. of this. But you know, I started writing this in '98, and we live in a very different world now. That's tw- almost 20 years. Yeah, it is 20, 21 years, and people's reactions very different. Like, its kids had a different reaction before and now. Right. You know, be- you know, like the kids and the way they react to what's going on is very different from right. the way it was written.
0: 20 years ago. In, in 98, they might have not have known anybody in their school with any right. gay relatives or exactly. anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? It might yeah. have seemed like a, another planet. Oh,
1: yeah. It was a, it was a yeah. big sticking point. But but again, a lot of what's in the movie is not only my experience, but I talked to a
0: lot of people
1: who've been through those. Right. And tried to in, take their input and put it in the yeah.
0: story. Well, plus, I love the actress that plays the wife. Keely Lefkowitz. Is she's amazing. sensational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: she is, She's the heart of the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love her. Um, talk about, you're an actor as well, talk about casting and working with actors. Do you like... Herding cats? (laughs) Herding cats. Do you like the casting process? Um, well, I don't have to go through the casting process too much. Yeah.
1: Because this, and my first one, you know, I've been an actor my whole life. Right. I've studied with, you know, a couple dozen teachers. I have a long history with the Beverly Hills Playhouse and, um... 20 years of working with students from there being a student of Milton and Jeffrey Tambor, Gloria Gifford, and most recently Richard Lawson. Right. Who plays Pete's father in the movies. Nice. And teacher.
0: Oh, fantastic. And, um, I, he has one of my favorite lines in the film. Settle the fuck down. No, that's a good <laughs> one. um, does your wife know you're f- fucking, fucking my, my son? son. Yeah. Which to me is the it's like that line in the old TV movie Lace. Which one of you bitches is my father? <laughs> it has that sort of mix of calling something out, but also a little profanity, and it mm-hmm. just lands like a like bomb. a punch in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. yeah. That's
1: really what it was. I mean, yeah. there was a lot. That scene we cut recut it to make it a lot more like punch in the face. Yeah, um, because that's really what it should be. Damn right. Um. So the casting process is, literally came out of here, with the exception of Scott. Yeah. And um, who people I didn't the know. That you They're know. all people yeah. I know and I've worked with and lived with for years. Yeah. How did you find Scott? Um, I was going through IMDb because okay. I have a very clear image of what Jack was supposed to be like. Yeah. And I was looking at actors like that. And Scott came up and his direct um, contact information was on his IMDb Pro page. There and you And so know. I was like, dear Scott, my name's Doug. I'm not a creep. I'm just a filmmaker, yeah. which is creepy in itself. And I wrote him this letter. I said, look, if you're interested in the, right. I, I broke the project, I said, if you're interested, um, I'll send you the script and you can read it. And then if you like it, we can talk. Right. And um, he answered me back and I sent him the script and he sent me the most amazing letter. How nice. He, he wrote me a letter. Old school. Old school. Yeah. About Why he wanted to play Jack and why it was perfect for him and, and, you know, his experience knowing he had a very close friend go through something like this. Interesting. When did you know he would have chemistry with Daryl? The moment that they looked at each other. Yeah. Because I had, I, you know, I brought them in together to see if they could read together. And, yeah. And um, Scott's really good looking. Yeah. And Daryl was very taken with it. He reminded
0: me a little bit, because of the business thing, he reminded me a little of Christian Bale and American Psycho, like that business person with the tie and the suit and the Well, hats I'm, and
1: from, I'm, I'm from the yeah. East
0: Coast. Right. You know, and this
1: is a reflection of my life. In fact, they're wearing my clothes. Right. Literally. Yeah. Scott, Adam, and Daryl are all wearing... And even...
0: Daryl had a, one one sweater that was enchanting. I wanted to click on the screen and order it. The
1: pink, the pink one?
0: No, it had blue stripes within like one yellow stripe.
1: Oh, that's a that's a park and run and shirt of mine.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I it was from it. The last
1: two seasons ago.
0: That's okay. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, it's one of my shirts. Oh, you know who else is yummy? The the uh, the guy Daryl ends up with for quite Adam. a stretch of the movie. Yes. Yeah, Adam. Adam. Yeah. What's his story? Adam is an
1: a singer actor. Who now lives in Berlin. He moved to Berlin like halfway during the four Uh-oh. years that we were shooting. So I had to yeah. fly him back and forth. Oh, that's All fun. of
0: Adam's clothes are my clothes. Yeah. He's great. I like him too. He was, I hadn't seen him before and he's, he's really good. So you mentioned that it took four years to, to get it all in the can. Is mm-hmm. that right? How did you keep your head together? How did you... I didn't. How did you... It,
1: <laughs> what that's are you talking like, about? Did I go, how did I not go crazy? Yeah. I went
0: crazy. Yeah. I, what, did it, what did crazy look like? Oh. Uh you
1: have to understand life was happening at the Yeah, same time. life
0: has a way of doing that. Yeah,
1: so I mean like in the four years, like I was in a relationship, I found out my boyfriend was cheating, we were getting married, we broke up, his mom died. Um uh one of the producers had a, and his wife had a miscarriage, one of the actors and his wife had a miscarriage. They eventually had babies. You know, I mean, like I, like, I put my, I had to sell my car to pay the bills. I lost my, that, I literally had to give up that apartment that you love so much. Yeah. It all the went there. I went sucks. crazy. I went crazy. I went nuts. I didn't know how I was going to keep it together. I didn't want to kill myself. I certainly wasn't going to drink or give up my sobriety, but right. I was like, I went crazy. I went nuts. But because it, it became this obsession, like, I completely understand Ahab's character in Moby Dick. I understand what that obsession is because not finishing this movie. Like the great movie, yeah. yeah, this was my great white whale. This
0: movie needed to exist. It was coming. It was it was, gonna... it, it was
1: it was it was literally eating me alive that I wasn't finishing this film. Right. But I know that I'm not the only, you know, one of the things that gave me hope is that I read a lot of stories about the making of films. Yeah. And
0: especially independent. Yeah, so.
1: and you know, Orson Welles took 4 years to make his Othello in the same way whenever he got money, he got the cast together and they're like, Come on, we're going to Morocco. We're gonna yeah. do this and we're like, Oh, we lost all this stuff. Fine, we'll redo it in a steam bath. You
0: yeah. know what I mean? You had to make sort of changes. Oh, oh yeah. Like script changes we, and things like that. It,
1: script changes and, and like you know, the budget kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Like when I wanted to do this in the nineties, it had a four million dollar budget. Right. Or five million dollar budget. And by the and like pfft, we didn't spend a tenth of that.
0: Yeah. And how are your your actors, are they are they rallying with you? Are they like, just let me know when, what can I yeah, do? Yeah, they were
1: unbelievable. I mean, Everybody, I mean, Christo was, Crystal, the editor, my editor here, was um, with me from the very beginning. I mean, we started cutting as soon as we started shooting, so I would have something to show people to raise more money. And the actors were unbelievable about, you know, keeping themselves together. I mean, like, we had wardrobe in like in suitcases for years. Yeah. You know, we lost the first set of wardrobe completely. Yeah. And um, then I had to rematch everything. And then for luckily se- uh, for scenes. Yeah. So you did like I would didn't have, get like, everything one in a scene. Yeah. That was, you know, over here and then like the next the same Day,
0: they are meant to be in the same outfit.
1: The same outfit, but they were shot like three or four years apart. Oh my gosh. And, you know, the biggest thing was like trying to keep Scott's hair as neutral as possible. And right. Matching Keeley's hair. But the good thing is that the story itself takes place over it three It does years. take
0: place over time. And they do look a little different from time to time, but I think it it never felt like it went backwards.
1: No. You and know? you would never know where,
0: yeah. where it goes. Like where we shot in what order. How moved are you that your team rode that crazy ride with you. I mean, my gratitude is, you know, I,
1: I can never say thank you enough for what they did. And, you know,
0: cause they could have, you know, or they could have just gotten busy or that something could have, you know, it yeah, sounds like they all, me.
1: they all stuck it out. Yeah. They all stuck it out really well. And I, I can't thank them enough. I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, being an actor is tough and, the thing that I admire about this cast is that they were able to see me go through the whole thing and hang in there. Because, you know, when you're the actor you're you're a piece in the puzzle. Right. But my job was to sort of keep the whole universe glued together. Right. And I had help. I mean, Christo helped. I have a great producer named Tommy Villafranca that Tommy and I sat down and literally, because we had no money, we did the work of like seven
0: and eight people. What's the most, like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now, job you had? I'm sure you did a lot of fixing and tinkering and nailing.
1: Well, there there are two things. One, Tommy, I had to learn a lot about paperwork because um, a lot of times films are scheduled by an AD Right, I was oh, yeah. assistant director. Yeah, right. So I and my problem with that as a director or as a writer director is knowing what the emotional toll is to do certain scenes because I'm an actor. Right. Do you know what I mean. And so an AD isn't going to look at a, is going to look at it like okay you're going to do this, 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 this and I look at it and go okay this is going to kill this guy.
0: Yeah, this is heavy. This. this is heavy. And
1: I got to schedule it in a way that I can prepare the actors right. to get. To be in the place to do what they have to do.
0: Like Carla's Rampage, for example.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, that took a whole afternoon. Yeah. You know, like we were in that bedroom all day. Yeah. Like, I think we shot pretty much everything in that bedroom in one day. Yeah. And there are a couple big scenes
0: in there. So, um, what happened? You started your shoot and then you you didn't have quite enough money and then you went back to it. How did it start out? So, I I thought, I'll shoot... Something to show people what it could look right. like, right? I'll get I'll get enough in the can that I can get the rest of the money, Th- right? That was exactly, the plan. and
1: then I, you know, it happens all the time. Like you get people's like, "Yeah, I'm in," and then they pull their money out. Yeah, like, "Yeah, I'm in," um, but I'm not going to give you as much as I thought
0: I could. Yeah, Do
1: you know what I mean. So uh, there's a lot of trial and error.
0: And you also did a crowdfunding. I campaign.
1: did. A, I, I had a. I still have a crowdfunding campaign. There's still stuff to pay for. Yeah, you know, just and um, that's a full time job in itself. Yes, it is, and if. Gofundme.com dot com
0: backslash right. from zero to I love you. Yeah. Help us out.
1: You know, like I was... and,
0: uh, but it's also feeling—it's not just your own obligation to yourself and your actors, but you have all these people that you feel like you.
1: There was no not finishing the move.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I don't that's
1: okay. I can't lean back. No, there.
0: it's very comfy. You, you would have picked up fine. I could have moved the thing. Um, you deserve to lean back. Oh, thank you. You're <laughs> gonna lean back. You're I'm gonna do this. Back. Lean back with me. We're gonna lean back. Okay, good. We're leaning back. It's a, so you have a really comfortable couch, and I like your apartment. Thank you. It's a, it's um, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, after since X 89. amount of years. Since eighty nine. Uh, no, my roommate's getting a bed so uh, this weekend, so a lot of stuff's out here that wouldn't normally be. Um you originally called it Welcome Sinners, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um why the change of title? Well, uh I like the new title better actually, oh, having good. seen the movie.
1: Well the the old title doesn't make any sense considering like in the book at the end of the movie they meet outside of what would have been my grandfather's church in Brooklyn. Wow. And um, my grandfather had a church Had a little storefront church in New York, and it said "Welcome Sinners" yeah on the front door. Oh, fun! And uh, I got pushback when I was in production from would-be distributors because the word "sin" and anything gay was sending the wrong message. I thought, okay,
0: all right. I I thought there would be more of a church subplot, or I thought that there would be more of a thing in there. Um, That's wild. Um, were you a judge on The Young and the Restless? I just read that on your um, yeah IMDb. Yeah, for a couple episodes. Did you have a gavel? No, I,
1: I was judge in chambers. Oh, I was okay. hearing the I was hearing the trial in chambers. Good.
0: Did you? Because you could be a judge. You seem authoritative. Did you I have am. a robe? No, I I did it in a
1: suit. Okay. Yeah, I was in chambers. You don't wear your robe in chambers
0: unless you feel like it. I guess you could. You could wear it.
1: Yeah, but that you was a lot it. of fun. That was amazing. To I loved The Young and the Restless, and what's really heartbreaking about that was uh christoph st john i had known because i used to work at cvs for a long oh, time okay. and christoph was the first person i ran into on the set and he was so great and so kind and so welcoming to me and it, it's hard to lose somebody like
0: that yeah he passed away yeah
1: in january
0: oh man how did he die i can't remember i remember uh,
1: his heart gave up wow that's sad that's not good mm. It's all, It's gonna happen to all of us.
0: Yeah, sooner or later. It's what you do while you're here. Nobody's getting out alive. Um, w- let me let me ask you about Hot Guys with Guns came out in two, 2013, mm-hmm. and then this movie's now. It feels like the landscape changes in independent film and gay film. What have you noticed that's different now in terms of markets? Are there streaming? Does is it feel like a different well marketplace that you're well, looking it at? It does. It does
1: feel like a different marketplace. Because of the streaming, I mean that's changed Hollywood. That's changed right. filmmaking. Everybody, everybody. I mean, because we can walk around with we walk around with film, both cameras and film studios and theaters in our pockets all yeah. the time. Do you know what I mean? So it's it has, in one sense, devalued the 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 money you could make on a film, right? Because the streaming fees aren't that much, right? Um, if you're doing this for the money, you're,
0: you're 20 years late. Yeah. You're too, you're way too (laughs) late.
1: Um, you do it because you want to tell a story and and get something out there. Um, yeah, it has changed a lot and it's changed because, you know, Amazon and Netflix now have dedicated LGBT streaming services. Right.
0: So there's places where people that would like this film could find it. More readily, probably, yeah. than a few years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, well the, the it, you know, we'll see. Financial I mean, model.
1: The, well, the financial model, you know, is... See, here's the, the thing. There's no formula. Yeah. There's no reason why a movie works or it doesn't work. It just, it hits or it doesn't hit. You can't explain it. Yeah. I mean, if that were true, then Angelina Jolie and... and uh, Not Brad Pitt. Uh, what the hell is this? Johnny Depp would never have had a flop film. And Johnny yeah. Depp's last nine films were flops.
0: Yeah. Last nine. Wow. Wow. I remember just loving him so much and then... Everybody loved Johnny yeah, Depp. He, he was the most... Do, he was he the could most, do no wrong. Right. Exactly. Until people... Until he started doing... <laughs> until people
1: were like, yeah, okay, enough we Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah. We got it. We got it. Now, Mervyn Warren, composer, yeah. friend of mine, um, he did some of the music for Hot Guys with Guns. He did all the he music, all for, the music for, Hot, for Hot Guys with Guns. Yeah, but Merv's schedule was just because it was sort of like, hey, what? No. But we still get a great Mervyn Warren song. Oh, good. And a little moment with him on the piano.
1: Right. Exactly. I brought him in. He wrote that for us. Yeah. He wrote that for us. And, you know, it was supposed to be... I mean, there was a whole lot of change that had to happen. Yeah. I mean, originally, uh, Adam Klesher's character, John... Yeah. ...was supposed to sing that song in a jazz club. That was supposed to be... John's job was a jazz singer... ...with a trust fund. And I had to rewrite... Sections of the movie because, like I said before, the the budget kept ch- changing, changing, and I needed to do the wedding. I knew the wedding was going to be there, but I also I had wanted. It it just became easier to combine two things and yeah. give it to give the song back to Merv. Yeah, as and let the, him sing. And, he and, he it and, he's, and he's fantastic. And yeah. we got a trio behind him. That's good. I mean, Drop there's a fire. lot of stuff I think that you in this movie that you just won't get in yeah. your average. Low budget gay feature. I yeah. mean, it, it a it takes place over years. There's a multi. There's a huge cast. Yeah, and it shows real life with you know like a a, a bunch of people. But just going out of our way to like you know the art gallery scenes. I mean, we had yeah. to hang three shows. Yeah, you know to show three different times in this the 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 the, the, the lifespan of this one particular art gallery. Yeah, and then you know hiring a combo, not so yeah. like just somebody with a you know a microphone.
0: There you go. What was the best day and what was the worst day?
1: There were no there was no there were no bad days on the set. Good, you never got chased out of a location or uh No, because we paid for Right. You know, like right. no, we we paid for everything and right. um I, I know That's that good the, Yeah I mean The one place I didn't skimp Was on the locations Because the movie Has to have atmosphere It has to look like Yeah it's, I love that it nothing. was in
0: Philadelphia It really mean, felt like Philadelphia was a character In the movie Yeah
1: It's supposed to be Yeah it felt And like a Philadelphia it. That normally people don't see Yeah, yeah you Like usually those see really downtrod- close streets yeah, exactly. Where Most yeah. people see Downtrodden Philadelphia And I yeah. like Charming colonial Yeah Old Philadelphia Yeah I loved it Why Philadelphia? Uh, because Boston was too expensive Yeah Literally, but you definitely wanted an
0: East Coast vibe. Well, sure.
1: I'm from the East Coast. Yeah, I, this story is about I'm from Washington D.C. I lived in New York. I lived in Boston. Yeah, my family lives in Philadelphia. I have family in Philadelphia, and I went to shoot this in Boston. In I wrote the story to be shot in Boston. Right, but I had a. I went there with a, hot guys with guns, and I went to the film office when I was there for a festival, and I told them that I wanted to do this, and Boston was like, uh, Boston's really expensive. And you don't want to try shooting this movie here. Right. And they said, you might want to go to Lowell or something. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Lowell, Massachusetts. Nothing against Lowell, but it's not right. a major city and I need to happen in a city. Yeah. And I looked for, and you know, then I went to Hartford and I looked at Hartford and I thought about Hartford, Connecticut. And then I went to Philadelphia with a film festival to, to go to Flix And I met this guy named. That's a good festival too. It's this. a good, it's... really good festival. Yeah. So I went to QFlix, and I went and I met this guy named Buzz, and he showed me his Philadelphia, and I'm like, I'm shooting a movie here. Yeah. I'm shooting a movie here. And then I went to the film office, and the film – the the head of the film office cried when I told her the story. Oh. And they – and it's such an incredibly easy, independent, film-friendly city to f- shoot in. It's unbelievable. And you had the, a
0: great experience with Philadelphia. Oh, yeah,
1: and the bang you get for your buck. Yeah. You know, like here's – like you know that epic – shot my favorite shot is actually them at night walking through the city
0: yeah it's lovely those little those little close streets yeah and and, but seeing city hall
1: yeah you know with billy penn on the top of it was pretty cool
0: yeah i loved it um so daryl stevens uh you've known him for a long time Mm -hmm. what was it like going from co-stars to directing him easy easy peasy i mean i I I like him him a lot i do too as
1: an actor and as a person um I think he's just really undervalued yeah. in a lot of ways yeah. um, because he has a great deal of depth and understanding and the work he did on this is I think some of the best work he's ever done in my humble opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, we I directed Daryl in Hot Guys with Guns and you know, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Which I loved doing. Yeah. And I thought about who could do, play literally play me yeah. Because that's what he's doing. Yeah. And it was an experience getting him into my head. Yeah. To figure out even how I walk. Yeah. You know, like I changed Daryl's walk. He walked differently. Yeah, because I lowered his center of gravity. Daryl's center of gravity is around his shoulders and mine's around my hips. Interesting.
0: Wow. That's cool. Uh-huh. You're like, dude, you need to do this? Yeah,
1: Yeah, so I would make him walk. In front of me.
0: Like like he was like on, on America's Next Step Model when they would have to walk well, my, back and yeah, forth. Yeah.
1: Well, that's – the walk is – how you walk as a character explains everything. Whether it yeah. has got a limp. I mean, Pete's character is a very sexual person. Right. And sort of walks, you know, like a gunslinger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the way I walk.
0: Yeah. When you were taking breaks and having life go on and stuff like that, it sounds like a lot of things went down. Mm-hmm. When you would go back to shoot, was it – did it feel stressful or was it a little bit more like, oh, I get to be creative again? I get to – Yeah, it's more like that. My favorite – my happy like place a is, in
1: a, is behind the camera in a director's chair. Yeah. So that's why there were no bad days. I mean, right. There were some really great days. I mean, I ruined takes because I was having so much fun watching them. Oh, There's a awesome. scene in the art gallery where like the big scene in the art gallery. Yeah. They would go, Doug, shut up, we can hear you. Right. Because I'd be like, oh, yes, yeah. no. And uh, like you could hear me and we I was literally two rooms away. Yeah. And or I couldn't understand, like when I would get nervous, I would have a I had like an, an pen. ink pen in my hand yeah. and I was click, 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 click. And they're like, what is that sound? And I was like, oh, sorry. It's me. me. You're, you're ruining your own takes. Time yeah. money. Come yeah, on. I know. But I, yeah. because I was having so much fun yeah. watching them do it because, you know, the best thing you would ask me about working with actors, my thing is get out of the way. Yeah. Hire better actors, rehearse them, let them live it and get out of the way. And one of the yeah. things that really helped was that it took five years to shoot this, four years to shoot the movie because they aged in oak. Like, yeah. their relationships were so great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's, like, their their connection, they've known each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of fun people that popped up that I know a little bit. Anne Walker. Always fun to see Ann her on Walker. screen.
1: She's so good. Yeah.
0: She looked like she had a whole story for her character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that movie, too. Yeah, where... so do I.
1: But, you know, like, I kept telling her, she's had three drinks.
0: Yeah, she's, she looked she... a little lost in booze.
1: Yeah, like, she's a yeah. woman in Palm Springs. Yeah. Who, you know, had, who, you know, got the big red hair and yeah. no shoes in the house. And... That's right.
0: I like Jay Rodriguez pops up. He's a good boss. hmm um, You know who I really enjoyed was the brother at, in Palm Springs. Oh. Do you, do, I love that Shane, sh- that, sh- that speech about I... Oh, don't be I stupid? Don't be I stupid, which I think is good advice for everybody. But Tell, him, tell us what that means. Did
1: I not, did I tell you? That's all based on truth. That's that's t- actually something that happened to a friend of mine, and when his wife told me, I'm like, "This is going into the movie."
0: It has to do with devices. Yeah, so if your
1: phone and I caught my ex cheating this way too, um, I, I know I have four friends who got caught all in the same year. Yeah, by cheating. So like, you're on your phone. Your right. phone's on that iCloud, right? Right. So your phone is tethered to your iPad and your iMac, right? right? So four friends of mine, including my ex boyfriend. Um, we're cheating, and because the the phones attached to the like, right because they mean, think
0: well he's never going to get into my phone he doesn't have right. the passcode. exactly
1: but if but, your iPhone yeah. if your yeah. iPad is laying on the kitchen counter yeah. and it goes bleep yeah you get a message and I'm like oh there's a dick pic not yeah for me yeah do you know what I mean It's not
0: a dick pic for it, me is that what a, happened
1: yeah full on dick pic oh yeah that's I'd like that's how a fr- the friend of mine yeah. got
0: caught uh, is that how did that happen to you with yeah the dick well pic? yeah wow yeah. I once had a breakup where preceded what sort of started the ball rolling to breaking up was I was sent a text that wasn't meant for me, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a cheating text, but it was, um, the the text was, um, yeah, I I might be able to come and I need to do some things without Dennis. Like, I think he'd been invited to like a party or something. Uh Do you want to come? Yeah, and I was like, Ow. "I don't think you meant to send that to me." Right? Yeah. And so I stupid to count down. Thing. Yeah, yeah. We I have, stupid. People are, people are I stupid. I think it's so easy to be I stupid. I mean, in this not day and easy, age, there's so much I-ness around us. Well, that it's not. A lot of people don't have I awareness. Yeah, they don't have I like. awareness. You know what? I, this is a tangent, but maybe you can relate. When you hear of like politicians or whatever emails being leaked where they say horrible things. Who writes emails all the time where they're saying horrible shit? People do it all the time. I don't write that many... I can't think of one email where I was like... Where I kind of went there. Oh, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have. I but guess I, I don't... I don't know. No, my, my...
1: Richard told me... Who's Richard? Richard Lawson. Oh,
0: uh, your teacher. Was,
1: was teaching class, and somebody in class... Oh, hello, Enzo. Enzo. Um, got... Uh, was handling a situation with an actress and somebody else in class and he was very clear he's like don't put it in writing don't write that yeah. stuff down don't put it in an email yeah. don't text it have the conversation
0: right or expect, especially like with with puerto rico all of these email chains where people are just being awful like yeah. it's fun yeah no i don't i don't be i stupid yeah don't be, don't I, be stupid. I stupid uh, um keely is uh, shane is actually keely's
1: husband in real life, wait. Who? Shane Johnson, who plays the brother Clay, oh yeah, 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 is actually married to the actress who plays his sister. Oh, and wow. Shane is on Power.
0: Okay, he's really funny. Yeah, he's I great. I enjoyed his he's whole fantastic uh, s- sequence. His bronus is bronus. His bronus his, his, his yes. is very believable bronus, though. It's uh, it doesn't feel put on bronus. No, no, that's yeah, that's kind of Shane. What was it like the moment you got the whole thing in the can? The last oh. shot. Well, no. you're like that's a wrap on uh, from zero to I love you, uh,
1: which would be the courtroom scene.
0: Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> like there's a courtroom scene in a little gay indie.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> freak. The only thing there's a ball, there was a wedding, there are two weddings. I mean, it's incredible what we tried to do. So the last, the last thing was in the courtroom, and it was like, how, okay, let me let me back up and tell you this. So in World War II, when General Patton started the Battle of the Bulge mm-hmm. that took Europe, mm-hmm. do you know when he was standing there with all the, the tank corps and mm-hmm. the, the U.S. Army was waiting there? And you'd, instead of saying something like brilliant and formidable, he just said, okay, let's go. Yeah, That's how it started. Yeah, And, and on the set, the only thing I could think of was, okay, well, we're done. Yeah, and But it was so much of my life was it a relief? though, It, in your it body? wasn't. I don't know if it was a relief. I did sleep for a couple days, but I went yeah. to acting class at night. Oh wow! And I would just was just the like, courtroom
0: scene. Where'd you shoot that? Here
1: in Culver City. In yeah. Culver City, yeah. And um, and then I remember, like, I cried. I like I was sitting in class and I started to cry because I'm like I can't. First of all, because it hit you. Because it hit me. And the first time, the the day that Christo and I cut it, we cut it last summer in Falmouth, Massachusetts. And one of the things that I knew know I was gonna have to learn how to do was edit because right. Chris would because he was busy. Everybody right. was busy having so I had to learn how to edit. Right. But I'd known how the the principles because I'd worked for Christo, right. one of editors. So when I first when I saw the first when we cut the first version of it, yeah. it was two hours and what, twenty two minutes? Yeah. And wow. I couldn't get out of bed the next day.
0: I think that's common, though, for a lot of directors with that crazy long first cut where you're like, oh, my God.
1: Well, no, it was only because I did not re- – I didn't re- realize how naked I was
0: in the movie. How much you showed of yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the movie is my view of my life, how I think about sex, how much I have, yeah, who I have it with, how I dress – yeah, what the the rooms that I inhabit, and it's my world view, right? And it's really naked. And I, you know, I'm a outgoing person, but I'm a very private person at the same time, right? And once you're in my world, you're in my world. But this was like, okay, everybody, this is how I see things.
0: Yeah, this is how felt, I act. You felt a little exposed.
1: I felt very exposed, and yeah. was like, wow, here comes judgment. And From um, people. Well, because there are two types of people. There are people that like happy endings, and there are people that hate happy endings. Mm-hmm. I mean, hate them, and like I read. Were you
0: seeing that when you were on the road? And we're not saying what kind of movie, what kind of ending this movie has, unless you want to. No,
1: the movie has a happy ending. Okay, Um, not just one. Yeah, that's the the good thing. That's the twist. Um, uh, Yeah, I was really. I I was the last time I saw it was in Toronto, and I was sitting with a friend of mine, and he really liked the movie, but at the end he was like, hmm, "Has an American ending," and I thought, "Yeah, I'm an American." Yeah. This is the kind of movie I want to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't... City
0: of brotherly love, bitch. <laughs>
1: yeah, hello. Um, um,
0: I don't understand...
1: Well, I, you know, like, movies with... I don't mind movies that have ambiguous endings. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite endings in the world is the end of Lost in Translation, mm. where you don't know whether, you know, he's going to come back for her, and you don't
0: know what he said you to don't her. You did not know what he said to her, yeah. Which I loved. Yeah.
1: and But I don't necessarily need movies where, like,
0: Everything's it, wrapped with a, with a bow and well, stuff like that. It's not
1: just wrapped up with a bow, but I don't want it to be a bleak bow. I don't yeah. want you to wrap it in black crepe. Yeah. You know, I see, and, you know, there's this whole trope about, you know, the first one is the trope of the blagic tragic black queen. Right. I don't know why I got that took so long to get out. Yeah. Where, like, the black guy, the black gay guy in the movie or the TV show never has any life or no happiness. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you watch. Downton Abbey, one of the things I'm excited about the movie is in the trailer, to Thomas Kiss. Kiss. I know, because he felt
0: like he was the only one in the TV show that <clears throat> who didn't... Who never
1: got anything. Yeah. and But that's a trope. Yeah. But, like, the gay guy must suffer. Yeah. And there's also, like, the gays must, like, up until, yeah. like, the 70s, all the movies with gay people, like, the gay people must suffer and be unhappy and preferably
0: die. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting, in your movie, when you started shooting... There's certain things that changed in the gay community in the time you said. shooting. Marriage happened. Marriage happened and prep, which weren't... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like, I think when, it's mentioned in your movie. Yeah, it like he said, but it that probably wasn't, up, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. not a thing. Yeah, that was not a thing. Texting so you, wasn't a thing when I first wrote the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I had to add that. I know. You know? Yeah, because that's how people communicate. Yeah,
1: because there, there are scenes that are that were originally phone calls or something, but text. Yeah. can text
0: yeah. in the movie, which I'm like, okay,
1: that's great. Yeah. Um... But there, there was a lot that changed that had to be updated. Like there's this, you know, there's a scene where Jack is signing his divorce papers, and his best friend says, "Don't,
0: you know, you
1: know, you might get married again. It's legal now." You know. Yeah. And when I first wrote that, it
0: wasn't legal. Right. You know? And now it is. And there it goes. Okay, you pick some questions from the observation deck. Let's see what we got. What's the worst costume or uniform you've ever had to wear for work? Um, that would be a good chunk of my Noah's Ark wardrobe. Yeah, you didn't weren't into
1: it. Oh no! See, because
0: well, your character was a little more buttoned up and like. Yeah, but they they made, well they made me.
1: There was a when I got married on the show, there was this lavender silk Giorgio Armani suit that I had to wear. Right. That I fought tooth and bloody nail. You weren't having it. I wasn't having it, and like, there's nothing I can do. I'm like, is there
0: an email chain where you bitch about this? No, there isn't. Okay. But there's a there was a put... lot of FaceTime. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of FaceTime. Did you I, lose eventually? I totally lost. I always lost. I had to wear... Uh, but it was Armani. See, it was lavender. See, the the thing is, like, I just thought, couldn't I just wear a tuxedo yeah. for my own wedding? Do, yeah. And do I have to carry a bouquet?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. It's not there me. It's
0: not me, Doug. It's not you. It's not, It's the character. Right. Just do that. Do your thing. What's well, that a blast to do when I was Ark? We talked about this a lot when we were doing it. When we were doing the last podcast, yeah, and a lot of the stuff, all you know, everything. No, but when I you look back it a, at it, no, when you look back no, at it, what do you?
1: No, no, I see the worst time of my life. Really? Yeah, my mother died right before we started shooting. My I dog that. died right before we started shooting. Um, I went through a really nasty breakup. I had to figure out what to do with the house that I grew up in. Um, I left a career. My four people in my life died like this summer, like within the first two weeks of shooting. The, the second season so no I mean I went through I went into depression right after we wrapped the first episode because of my mom my brother just all the death of my family right that, there was like, a lot going on yeah apart so, from the like, show no I, I look at those three years those the, those three four years and go and I shiver wow, wow. no it was not fun it was the worst period of my life
0: interesting but is it streaming now anywhere? Do people? Yeah, do you still whole, hear from people that are discovering every it? Every day. That's fantastic. Every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the movie did a, a lot for a lot of people. I mean, That's the TV awesome. show showed people, and I have a lot of friends that I met because they watched the show and they've reached out and they've told me how it, the difference that it has made to them. Yeah. And 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 the the import of that the whole all both seasons are on YouTube. So yeah. You
0: know Oh, wow. Awesome. So people can really Yeah, you can go to that. Yeah. Yeah, Chris yeah. Dunn watched it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. didn't know it was me. No. He didn't Which know it was, was you? Yeah, because when Chris and I first knew each other, there was a lot less Doug and a lot more hair.
0: Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so I, you watched it and... I, watched it in my I knew that he was an actor. I knew okay. he was a producer-director. Ah. So this was very different for me in terms
1: of... Completely uh,
0: context. I was yeah. watching Noah's
1: Ark. Because I love their friendship. Yeah.
0: And well, how soon people. before you realized? Oh, wait, that's my old friend Doug. Never happened. Never you watched happened. the whole series. I didn't look. I looked. Yeah, I you look so different. Yeah. When well, we knew each other. Yeah. Wow, that was a bit of mind blower. Yeah, I oh. completely different. Well, that's how I got in touch with him eventually. Yeah. I saw the name because of, Batman, of Noah's Ark, You right? reconnected. And I saw Doug Spearman. And I went, huh? Wait, huh? And I said, "How many dead experiments can they possibly be?" And mm-hmm. I was Lou. Yeah. Found him, texted him saying hi. And, and had had I, a I said, had a dream about him a week before that. You had a dream about him a week before that.
1: I Should get Chris to cut my movie. I wonder if he would do that because he's the best editor I know. Right.
0: And, and you had a dream
1: about it. And then he wrote me. I was like, "This is so weird." Meant to I was be. Not thinking true. about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. February of
0: 2013. Wow. I just don't remember. Wow. I love he that. Sort of don't look at him. Don't look at him. He'll start crying. He's very well. I thought the next mo- mo- movie you make could be a romance between Enzo and Cristo because they were really, <laughs> really seem to be hitting it off. Yeah, they were buddies. But they were now funny. they're over here. Okay. Another question from the cards. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only. That's all I get. Yeah, I don't get only... a story.
1: Uh. When okay. So I had a Barbie fetish when I was a kid. See. Big Barbie fan, and I wasn't. There there were more girls than boys in my neighborhood.
0: Right. And I was, wanted to play with Barbies too when I was oh a kid, God. but it was and shameful. I wasn't No
1: my parents my mom actually bought me Barbies. That's my fantastic. family bought me Barbies. I had a Ken and a Francie. Yeah. But Karen was it Karen Stewart or Lisa Thomas? Lisa Thompson had this wedding gown. Oh. And it was shit. Going laying around Karen's and Karen my extra neighbors were Karen and Reggie Stewart. Right. And Karen had like a three story Barbies Dream House. Yeah. And her little brother, Reggie, and I played together, and we would play, and MASH was on okay. when we were little kids. So we would go to Barbie's Dreamhouse with our G.I. Joes for R&R. Right. Like it was Saigon. Right. And then Barbie's Dreamhouse became a whorehouse.
0: It became like the whorehouse in Miss Saigon, which I saw last night, so it's very fresh in my mind. There you go. You turned Barbie's Dream House into the whorehouse it's from Miss Saigon? Barbie's
1: Dreamhouse. Yeah. All right. So the, these <laughs> guys were on R&R.
0: So the did you guys would go to R&R would you make them oh, yeah. have fact, sex? Yeah,
1: in fact, we
0: found all the Barbies in in, in compromising positions. positions. Did no any like, of the Kens have No, there were fun no there's no Ken on Ken action. No, not not yet anyway. Yeah, no, but there was a
1: there was a Ken and GI Joe thing. Yeah. But anyway, so I stole this wedding dress yeah. out of Barbie's dream house and all the little girls in my neighborhood showed up in a very angry mob. At our back door, demanding that wedding dress back.
0: That would be a very fun gay short film. Oh, that was yeah. horrifying. Yeah, that's hilarious. You probably know why we're here. Like, were like, what did they say? Oh, they you, were like little black
1: girls with like, <laughs> like, like, like what we used to call dookie braids, like right. those two uh, uh, pigtails on either side. Right. Like, I'll just never forget Karen uh, Lisa Thompson standing with her hands on her hips, looking up at me oh my god damn dress back
0: <laughs> and, and did you just kind of go okay you got me and you went and got it no i lied to you denied speech. of course deny. denied. not denied. denied i Bill clinton my
1: way all through that shit <laughs> oh wow so you
0: never gave the dress back never yeah that's wow that's that's a i'm gonna think about that story a lot okay what movie have you seen more than any other gone with the wind yeah I love it. You love it? I do. I love that movie. Five hours of it. How long is it? Three? Three hours. Three yeah. and a half hours. I love it. And, and it's Why funny. do you love it? Um, That's interesting that you love it. I know, isn't it? Because I'm a black yeah. guy. And yeah. And I don't know how it... I mean, it was of its time level. And it's my mother sat time. me down and watched it. She yeah. like, come
1: here, you got to watch this. The first time it was on NBC. Yeah. And it was like a two-night thing. My mother loved it. My mother loved classical films. Right. And I come from a southern family. I come right. from people who were slaves. Right. And slaveholders. Slave right. owners, holders, and like I'm just going to hold a slave. Yeah. Oh, bitch, you owned it. Right. Um, so I'm just going to hold your slave for a while while you're. Yeah, exactly. And the- so I, I, I got it on a lot of different levels. You know, I did. I really understood it. And I, it's funny because the my mother was very much like Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. And when I was in my 20s and had a certain allure, that was actually my nickname. Someone Scarlet. said, You're just like Scarlet at a barbecue. Yeah. And fluttering um, around. No, no, no. I wasn't fluttering. I was sitting right here and I you know, like holding were, court. I was holding court. Yeah. And somebody called and so that became my nickname in my tw- in my twenties for a while. You were Scarlet. Scarlet. And but I always wanted to be Melody.
0: Yeah. I wanted to be the nice one. Yeah. Not the bad girl. Hmm. Yeah. That's funny. I need to see that movie again. I haven't seen it in a long time. What did you get picked on for as a kid? I had a big butt. Yeah. And you cannot lie. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, my butt was... What would they call you? Oh, Tidy
1: Bowl? Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, Clydey Bowl was one that, yeah. you know, but I don't know why that came up a lot. But, like, my ass was a, from the time I was about seven years old, was literally, like, too good. yeah. And it was... It was like, problematic. It was seriously problematic. Yeah. And it literally got me, like, from the... T- and, it, it, I mean, like... Did, did you
0: get you attention that you weren't ready to deal with? Oh, all, all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it got me molested. Yeah. Like, like, no, seriously. <laughs> I don't I, mean to laugh, but it was like,
1: I asked this dumb question. <laughs> like, yes, it did. Uh, yeah. older men. And <gasps> yeah, seriously. So, like, I, I was molested.
0: That's not good.
1: And it was, like, and it was... It was a lot to be sexualized pretty early. Yeah. Like, at six. Shit. And, um, that went on for a long time. But I didn't know that I had that kind of power over people. I was right. just, I was just really kind of floored by the fact that grown men were, like, super into me. Right. Like, always wanting me to come over and sit on their laps and stuff like that. And, and um... My butt was always a topic of conversation. People would always
0: talk about it. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, well, that's weird. I mean, even that was like, such, and it wasn't until I got to be like in my late 40s and my butt decided to like head for the floor, right, and expand on its way down,
0: right. Um, I'll see. I'm seeing you down there. I'm down there too. Yeah.
1: So. so I mean, like, like you know, like I don't get tapped on the butt all the time like I used to. Like I have a, like I could own CBS for the behavior of several executives. Um, yeah, when, when you worked there. there. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I got some serious Me Too stuff. Um, yeah, getting teased about that and learning that. But it was when I was eleven. When I was twelve, I was walking on the street and it was a convertible of guys coming up the street and they were honking. And I, you know, I had like a big afro and I was wearing hip hugger bell bottoms, right? Super tight, right? And uh, and, I, and a red sweater. And I was walking down the street. I was going to the store. I was going to the drugstore and I saw. I heard this car voice coming up behind me, like a car full of teenage uh, boys. Be like, hey, look at you. What? And then, like a block away, I could hear them coming, yelling, at, catcalling at me. And I thought, they're going to get in front of me, and they're going to see I'm a guy, and then they're going to be really embarrassed, and they'll either shut up or yell something bad. And they got in front of me, and they kept going. They were like, ooh, ooh, come with us, yada, yada, yada. Well, now. I, remember, I remember my first thought was like, huh, this could come in handy.
0: Right, I have, <laughs> I have power. I have power. So that was a a light bulb moment in a way. It was a total it, light bulb, and moment. it wasn't an unpleasant moment. No,
1: it wasn't. But it did turn the, the tide on my but burgeoning sexuality and how to then deal with the attention I was getting from men. Yeah, because like, I was always the victim of it. Like like teachers in school would have to have talks with the guidance counselor, the principal, and my parents about their ta- attention towards me and touching me a lot. Like wow. I, would, I would be move from class to class to get away from teachers. Because
0: teachers were pervy with you. Yeah. Fuck. Shit. And so that
1: informed a lot of like... But, but, but the great thing is my parents were super healthy about sex.
0: That's and amazing. My parents had a... Because sp- I think if they weren't getting that kind of attention, it would have been a recipe for... Disaster. For disaster. Yeah.
1: No, my parents had... A, my parents were... Beautiful, smart, and very sexy, yeah. People, and they had a really active sex life. Trust me.
0: How, um, did they talk to you about it, or was no, it more I by to, example? I, mean, I could,
1: I could hear it. Right. Or, at one time, I walked in on them having sex when they were in their like after I got right. out of college. I'm like, oh, just want the keys. So I walked around the bed, got the keys off my mother's dressing
0: table. I was thinking about this recently. Uh, maybe I my, was I in therapy? Maybe. Like, between my background and my family not talking about things, religion, AIDS, the idea that sex was could be pleasurable, like, that feels like nobody was sending that message. Dennis,
1: you, you were a kid in the 70s, right? Yeah. Don't you remember Love American Style? Don't you remember, like, what was on television? Like, okay, so... Like, Jiggle Culture and Charlie's Angels. Yes, absolutely. But, but, well, and like, Well, I'm a, li- I'm a little older than yeah, you, so it, was, it wasn't just Jiggle Culture. It was, like, like I was... The sexual revolution was happening when I was born. But I guess I
0: didn't feel like I could be a part of it. Oh, my
1: parents were part of the Matching outfits. We had Cosmo and Playboy on the coffee table. Yeah, no. you know what I mean? That that wasn't... So, like, so my... And a lot of people don't understand, like, my... A lot of people think that the movie isn't realistic because Pete's not suffering at the hand of his father. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's not. I'm like, no. My parents never. My dad was never going to toss me out of the house for being gay. Right. You know, they
0: were like so relieved. When did you come out to them? Or what was uh, there a moment when? Oh yeah, was the set? day that
1: Charles and Diana married.
0: Well, why not? Well, because <laughs> I. I stayed, <laughs> That's amazing. How does that go? Okay, so here's what happened.
1: Um, I was a freshman. Another was, short film you have to make, between, by the way. I was between my freshman and sophomore year, right, in college, when Charles and. Diana were married, and I stayed up to wait to watch the wedding. And while I was staying up, I was sitting on the floor in the den, and I wrote a letter to uh, a friend of mine who was at home from college. And I was explaining my exploits for the summer. And um, and I was working in a law firm, and I'm sleeping with a receptionist and a couple of the lawyers, and you know, I'm like I'm a 18 year old in right. Washington at, before AIDS.
0: With that ass.
1: With that ass. And a 27-inch waist and a oh. six-pack and a full head of hair. And, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When I look at I'm like, God, if I
0: could get a hold of that kid now, I'd fucking bottle him. Um, did you feel hot, though? Because a lot of times we look back at pictures and go, "Why I was cute. Why did I feel like shit? Yeah, I did. You did? Good. Yeah. Damn right. You should. Um, well, because
1: I always had a tr- tension.
0: Yeah, you got. To, you know, like yeah. I
1: was never. I have never wanted for attention from a man or a woman in my life. Yeah. So I was like, I knew I had something going. I didn't necessarily know how to, to drive that car. Right. But I knew I was good looking. Right. Um. Not in a creepy egoy kind of way. Right. But, but you I knew that people found me attractive.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: In ways that I didn't even find me attractive. Right. Um. So I wrote this letter, and I wake, watch the wedding, and I go to bed. And my mistake was leaving the the, the letter on the coffee table in the family room because my mother was like freaking Gestapo she would toss my room she would go through my main I mean, Oh, remind
0: me who the letter was to I know. The, a
1: guy named Ernie Okay, um, a college friend and I woke up that morning around 11am and my bed was shaking and I had a four poster bed a colonial right. bed and my mother was shaking the bed yelling get up get your shit and get out of this house right. and I could see between her hand and the pole the post of the bed was the letter that I had been writing I'm like shit she read the letter <clears throat> and she's pissed. She's like, you don't like it. You get the fuck out of here and um, get out of my house. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, and we and I sat up in bed I started crying and screaming, we were crying and screaming at each other. And I said, you're throwing me out because I'm gay. And she's like, gay has nothing to do with this. If we were going to throw you up because you were gay, we would have done it at 7.
0: Yeah, we would have done it on that Barbie. Yeah, like, the Barbie we not house, you Exactly. Yeah, we wouldn't have bought
1: Barbie you Barbies. Yeah. What it was is... But you finally mom, put the words to it. My mother had read the part where I was going to, like, I was going clubbing. Yeah. 18. I, you could go to bars back then. Yeah. And my mother wanted me home at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was, I was religiously coming home between 4 and 5. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. She's like, if you don't like my rules, you can get out of my house. Right. That's why I'm throwing you out. Right. You don't want to be here at 1 o'clock? Then go sleep someplace else. Yeah. And she's like, this has nothing to do with you being gay.
0: Yeah.
1: And as soon as the, and then, you know. But then
0: suddenly it was spoken, so. Oh, then it
1: was spoken. And she's like, so, let me tell you about men. Let me tell you how to do this. Let me tell you. I mean, my, 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 my mother's advice on men was unbelievable.
0: Did it stay with you? Oh, yeah, it still does. What's some of her tips? um, Where to put cologne. (laughs) Really? Where do you put it? (laughs) Like
1: um, On all the hot spots. Like, on your wrist. Okay. Behind your ears. And and the pulse points.
0: Okay. And my mother
1: would put it on the back of her knees. I'm like, why? So when, like. Boom. No, she said when you're dancing and your dress twirls. It wafts up. It wafts up. And I was just like, great idea, Mom, but if my legs are, if somebody's smelling the back of my knees, it's going to be a very different position. I'm not right. dancing. I'm not dancing. I'm not dancing. So you could still be wafting. But you should, see, but my mother had a whole thing about, okay, mm, this is my favorite thing. So okay. this is a cigarette. Light my cigarette. Like, okay. No, pretend you're lighting my cigarette. Okay. Like that? No, okay, so this is how my mother taught me to have okay. my cigarette lit. She's like, oh, when a man lights your cigarette, she's like.
0: So you put your hand on their hand. And then you blow out the writer slash match. But you don't, but you you, don't break you, eye contact. You don't break
1: eye contact. Oh my
0: God. That I learned. Now I need a cigarette. That was intense. Enzo, why? Now he's behind you. Okay, all right, that's fine.
1: Um, yeah, wow. so they gave me all kinds of advice. They loved the guys that I brought home. They hated
0: every girl I ever dated. Right. Except for one. Did making this movie and writing about these things. We talked about this a little bit, but. You talked about exploring, like, why was I attracted to unavailable men or whatever. Did you kind of conclude anything, or did things shift for you in that way?
1: No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. I mean, I well, I will say that I have a history of, uh, it's, it's not unavailable men. What I have a history of, what I've discovered is men who have double lives.
0: Interesting. And that pattern hasn't broken. Really? Mm-mm. That's not fun. No, not at all. Yeah, what's your what's going on now? You seen people? No. Yeah, you work in the circuit when you go to film festivals and stuff. Oh, you mean am I trying to like, you know, I don't like, know maybe a guy in every festival city? No. Not every city. Not every city. <laughs> Some of them are not room. dead, you know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hotel room, right? I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? Sleep there by myself? No, never.
1: Uh, uh, no, I I, mean, I, I like being single. I love being in a relationship. Um, and I think it'll happen again. Cause I believe in love. I do. I really, yeah. I, well, I it like comes across love. in the
0: movie for well, sure. I really do. Um, we're going to wrap it up soon, but, uh, I wanted to ask you what you're up to now. Is there anything else we should be watching for?
1: Um, well I'm at the beginning of, oh the dog has, is that the Buddy, dog?
0: What are you doing? <laughs> see? I your told your you my spots? butt. <laughs> you see, even Enzo wants some, yeah. Butt. He was down in your crap. Were you licking Buddy? <laughs> That's I'm really embarrassed now. You're bright Boundaries. I'm really the embarrassed. My dog Stuck. tried to look like you're right above your shorts crack. Yeah. Buddy. Um, well. It's an attractive ass. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's like, you've been talking about it. I wanted to see yeah, exactly. for myself what the fuss was about.
1: It's just decorative. Nobody ever uses it. So
0: Wow. Um, That's like that jukebox over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's What are you up to? What's so, on? I'm at the beginning of,
1: uh, I'm writing a new movie, which I really want to get done. This is the, probably, this is one I'm going to do for myself. It's called, You Should Make a Movie and Kill Yourself. Yeah. Um, about my life making two movies. Yeah. And what was going on. Um, but I, I want to do my next movie with, uh, which is a thriller called Delilah Underwood. And I, it's time to make a movie with real movie stars. Time to, like bump it up a notch
0: that'd be awesome
1: so i'm starting to do that and it takes place in new orleans nice and i'm you know gearing up to i'm screwing up my courage to approach or have my lawyer (laughs) approach some serious movie star that's right does the
0: script exist oh yeah yeah fantastic yeah we should talk about that i love it
1: yeah good for you yeah so 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 it didn't
0: turn you off of making movies oh it did (laughs) (laughs)
1: but i'm trapped yeah do you know what i mean like right now i don't think i'm fit for anything else i mean i could still act from time to time if anybody will have me yeah but i like i i there's no way we were talking about this in the car there's no way i'm going to go back to being a writer a promo writer producer yeah you know like i you know i have dreams about moving someplace and opening a movie theater right and an art space which i'm still not that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'd like to own my own art space. Yeah. Um, a place for... Because in, because there's nothing like coming together... I mean, it's great to watch a movie at home. Right. But there's nothing like the communal experience yes. of... like the, My favorite thing about the movie is watching the audience watch the movie. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm in on the joke and I want to know if they get it. Where yeah. they, I know what's coming and I'm like, oh. That's
0: is, there, is there anything about their reaction that surprised you? Where you're like, I didn't realize that was funny.
1: Yeah, where I didn't realize. Yeah, there are moments in the movie where I'm like, "That's funny." Yeah. Oh, oh okay. All right. You know, and people have a different, different, but you, you learn about the person watching the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, because
1: their their filters are going to be at play when they're yeah. watching something.
0: Yeah. All right. And
1: that's the real gift about making a movie is to 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 get something out of my head and into the to the hearts of other people.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you for persevering. Thank you very it much. It sounds like nice. it was not uh, an easy road. No. You know, you're in the credits. you got to thank you. I know. Thank, thank you. you. I was one of your... My um, you GoFundMe contributors. GoFundMe people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, final question. What did you learn about yourself from the experience?
1: That I will do whatever it takes. I That's will do awesome. whatever it takes to finish. I will do whatever I have to. Do you feel I feel stronger. Give up. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, one of the great things that happened the first thing I noticed after I made Hot Guys with Guns is I was no longer waiting for Hollywood. I yeah. was no longer at effect. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Like I was now in control of my own career. Right. and what I wanted to do. And I was, you know, I had a version of success with that. Right. Like just finishing the film and getting it if 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 it only played at one festival. Yeah. It's like you did
0: it. You right. did a thing. You made it. You, yeah. Exactly. Where there was nothing, now there is something. Yeah. So
1: I, I have a, I have much, I'm a better photographer because I had to learn to take photos. Right. Um, for art that we needed. Um, I can schedule and budget a movie, which I couldn't do before. Right. And I will, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody about money.
0: That's a big thing to get over.
1: Well, yeah. Because all I do all day long is ask people for money. Yeah. Like I was on Instagram asking somebody, some guy for money today for right. a movie. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I I look at stuff, I'm like, you, you know, like, you drive a Jaguar. You have five Jaguars. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for money. Sell a lamp. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, right. like, oh, and I will do without every... I'm like, I. you can't imagine, like, I gave up my car, my house. This was one of the reasons why my relationship, my last relationship broke up, because he got tired of being a, a cheerleader. Um, I sold... Most of my mom's jewelry that I inherited, all of my dad's, I think um, a lot of the silver, like I, my car, like everything went into this movie. Wow. And I will do whatever it takes because i but And, you, and you're still fun.
0: on the journey. You don't feel like now that it's started playing festivals... You, no,
1: I'm still on the journey. Yeah,
0: because you have to... I would like to, to not, not be through. on the journey. Yeah. I would
1: like to be on to the next thing. Right. But it'll get there.
0: Well, they just added an outfit screening. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, we, we have two
1: screenings. That's great.
0: That's awesome. On the same night, yeah.
1: Exactly. Oh, cool. Are you coming to see it
0: on a big show? No, I can't because I had theater tickets before in advance. Okay. Well, I really so, appreciate the, the yeah. interview, Dennis. Thank yeah, you I very much. love talking to you about it, and I love um, seeing you persevere, and uh, I admire your getting doing it, making it happen, man. And I know sometimes when you're when there's ups and downs, how hard it can be to mm-hmm. like stick it out. So. Um, Good luck to you. Thanks, babe. Yeah, yeah. Everything else you're up to. I'm trying. All right. And Enzo, um, he'll probably never call you again, just so you know. That's his pattern. Wow. Um, Yeah. So he had his moment, (laughs) and it was what it was. Well, just gonna be great. No to strings. That we strings. It's just what it was. Just what happened. It was a moment in the woods. Yeah. Um, how can people? Is there a website or Instagram or any of that stuff? Instagram from
1: zero to I love you the movie. Yeah. On Instagram, you can find me. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, and you can also just find me.
0: All right. Uh, this is my real last question. Why do you tell stories?
1: I'm compelled to. Really. Compelled to. Yeah, I come from a long line of storytellers. That was the big thing. That was the entertainment in my family. Right. Was telling a story. Nice. Like you, if you sat down at like dinner time was story time. Love it. And if you sat at our dining room table, you better come with a story. I love it. And um, I'm. It's just it's the family business.
0: (laughs) It's the family business. I I love it. Thank you, Christo, for sitting and being here. And uh, um, Doug, thanks for doing the podcast. Good luck with everything. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thanks again to Doug Spearman, and keep an eye out for his movie from zero to I love you. All right. So this happened. Uh, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast during an interview that I was going to do a nudist party with You Don't Know My Life for a group of nudists. Um, So, Jeb and I, my co-creator, we did it. We did it. We played the game nude with these people. It was all men, all gay men. Um, There were like nine of us, maybe. Jeb and I didn't actually play. We just sort of facilitated um, and sweated. But... um, it was fun, you know. I don't think I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be a nudist and this is so great," but it was it was fun. It was a good group. Um, people were fun. It was curious. Here's what I noticed about being nude: um, I didn't feel like snacking, and not because I'm like, "Oh, I'm fat," and people are like put down the cookie, Mary. Like, no, it wasn't like it wasn't like a judgy thing. I just it felt gross to snack nude. You know, there were some cookies there I would have torn into, but I felt weird. I would have, I don't know, it felt unhygienic or something weird. The other thing, I was very aware of my belly, not again in a self-conscious way, but just because it, um, there's no shirt there to keep it from, you know, hanging on your lap. So I was, you know, the clamminess was a factor, um, but it was fun. It was cool, you know, and it's a, it's a good story we can use. You know, when we go on Shark Tank, for example. And then two nights later, we did another party uh, at the Writers Guild. The LGBTQ Plus Committee and the Activities Committee teamed up to do a game night. And so we went and facilitated. We had four tables of, like, nine people. And everyone had a blast. It was thrilling. It was really fun. Um, They had a nice spread there with snacks and everything. Which, because I had clothes on, I felt like I could actually enjoy. I just went around to every table and took the dark chocolate it was a little scavengy of me but you know fuck it it's my event uh i can i can take some candy if i want um what else it was super fun and there was a woman there that came up afterwards and talked to me and she teaches a class in social media at, a, at cal state dominguez hills really cool and i'm very intrigued in maybe taking this class to learn how to better market you know my stuff especially the game on social media but it's not cheap. I'm trying to decide. And I also don't love social media. So my fear is that I will go do this class, learn all this stuff, and still not do it, because I just don't love it. So I'm thinking about it. Because I have this tendency in my life, I have to, if a breadcrumb is dropped, I have to follow it. Like, because I, I feel like so... I don't know there's not a lot of doors flying open so whenever there's a little one maybe the universe sent this person and you meant to take this class but it's not cheap but it would be interesting and I do feel like being in a classroom something I I feel like I want to get a notebook and I want to write things down and take notes and learn so stay tuned on that I'm thinking about it it's not cheap though it's really expensive it's like $1,200 what I don't know I don't know Anyway, that's enough. Thank you for listening. Yes, nudity happened, and then clothingness happened, and it was all good. So, we'll catch you next time on Dennis anyone. Bye!